0: We don't need a name, we're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne
1: Haskins. Mr. Glass Carson Wentz and his offense. Prime time! boom Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York Football Giants. Deep, deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building.
0: <laughs> Dude, you should see B-Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part
1: of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome to week three of the NFC East, where our division is coming off of an undefeated week. After two weeks, the NFC Beasts stand at a strong 7-1 total record. The best division in football. George Van Riper, how are you doing tonight, sir?
0: I'm doing great, man. How about the East going 4 Let's go. Last week. Big moves by the East. Super excited to start talking about these games. And just glad to see but, you, B. Glad to see good you. Good to see you,
1: too. We are going to miss our partner in crime, John Warman, tonight. Well, we send well wishes to you, brother. We miss you, and we can't wait to have you back next week. But we are going to have uh, our, our good friend Jay Lutz come in on the second half of the show and, and contribute a little more which is something we're really looking forward to. Uh,
0: oh, and, and uh, real quick, shout-out to Jay Ludds. Lost his air conditioning but still hopping on the pod. No A.C. in the pitch black dark with a fan blowing <laughs> on his face, bro. Give him a quick answer. He's really – he's stepping up to the place for the East. Thank you. He's
1: an East veteran now, bro. He's a trooper. We appreciate your contributions, as always. Can't wait to talk to you here in just a few minutes. George, let's start it off um, all the way last Thursday on Thursday Night Football where the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I would say, discovered their identity. There was a lot of questions after the week one game against the Patriots, which was honestly a little bit ugly. Um, but I think the Eagles realized, hey, we have quite possibly the best offensive line and defensive line in the entire NFL. Let's lean into that. And uh, Kenneth Gainwell missed this game with an injury. So what did they do? They bring DeAndre Swift, their addition they brought over from the Lions, give him a career high in carries. The guy goes for 175 yards. They were running the ball at will. Like I know, George, you're you're, you're even... Potentially going to make a fantasy football trade for DeAndre So What do you think of this physical Eagles running game?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, those were yeah. gaping size holes. I mean, I'm talking about I can <laughs> drive a Silverado and throw these bad boys. Like it is, it, it's it was impressive the way that offensive line was dominating the line of scrimmage. I mean, I don't I don't have. You know, high hopes for the future of the Vikings defensive line. To be honest with you, I, I don't see them being a top ten D line whatsoever. But it was, it was demoralizing, and defeating. I couldn't imagine being, uh, you know, one of the members of that defensive line. The Eagles really showed out, like you said, they really found an identity, man. Uh, I, I can't say enough about you know the offensive coordinator. He, I think he just started relying on the on the run game because you know Jalen hasn't really. Done much for most of the year uh, you know I know it's only been two weeks but maybe that is their identity moving forward and, and just working play action off those off that run game that's just what the Eagles do and I think they're going to get yeah, lot, some
1: questions in maybe future. in the Eagles passing game I don't know if you saw there's even a little spat on the sidelines with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown A.J. Brown a little upset he's not getting the football um, our boy uh, the slim reaper Devonte Smith really had a great game um, over 100 yards and a touchdown he's been the number one receiver this year um, but I have a, a jarring stat here that I think the Eagles fans are going to realize to have success, they have to run the football. Since Jalen Hurts became a starting quarterback, okay, the Philadelphia Eagles are 15-1 when they have 30 rushing attempts or more. When they have under 30 rushing attempts, they're 3-3. Three three. It's no secret. They're an average football team if they try to get away from their identity. They have to pound the rock whenever Kenneth Gainwell gets healthy. It could be him. It could be Swift. It could be um, Boston Scott, excuse me. And it also could be uh, Rashad Penny. They have a bunch of uh, backs, and they need to lean into that and rely on that defense. I think the Vikings um, the Vikings are very sloppy. I mean, they, they turned the ball over four times in that game, and if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson maybe fumbling um, a, a touchdown out of bounds, which resulted in a safety, we could be talking about a, a different story here. But something to me, um, is, is as much as I want to applaud the Eagles for their, their efforts in pounding the rock, are the Eagles a suspect secondary all of a sudden? James Bradbury and Reed Blankenship were out in this game. But, I mean, we're talking about primetime Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and he was out there slinging the rock all over the place to Jefferson, to Jordan Addison, to T.J. Hawkinson. Like, Kirk went on for, like, 350 yards through for like four touchdowns like is, is there george you think that the back end of that eagles defense could possibly be a weakness as we um get into the later part of the season
0: yeah i mean i think that's the only weakness that they they have um because at the end of the day kirk throwing four touchdowns i mean jefferson was getting followed by slay and he was getting doubled uh so it, right. the fact that he still blew up for 11 receptions i think like 159 yards it was flat out impressive amongst you know As far as the DBs go, though, I don't know what the the answer is here. You know, I don't know about the D coordinator either. Maybe it has something to do with that. I know he's new. What's his name? B? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I don't
1: don't even know his name, which I'm embarrassed to say.
0: (laughs) I I know he's a new D coordinator. I don't think he really has much of a resume either.
1: His name is Sean Desai, D-E-S-A-I. He was on the coaching staff previously. He coached under Jonathan Gannon. I'm not sure if he was at the linebacker, defensive backer, D-line level, but he was an assistant that I know they promoted internally. But, yeah, not the same defense that we saw last year, that's for sure. So this
0: is his first time as a defensive coordinator, essentially?
1: Correct. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, so certainly some questions surrounding the Eagles, but at the end of the day, they're 2-0. And they can make an argument that they're not playing their best football. So I think if you're an Eagles fan, you gotta you gotta be optimistic, thinking that um, this team is going to continue to get better as they gel with their new coordinators and um, maybe you know rely on their newfound identity of just pounding the damn football.
0: And just the opposing teams are just going to continue to just rush for and drop in zone because Jalen is you know we've always kind of come at him a little bit about his. His accuracy, or or, you know, you know, his intellect as a quarterback, and you know, can he read defenses and things like that? But last year, obviously, proved us wrong. I think the start of the year we were pretty hard on him, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of that passing that Jalen had last year was was off the run. So if they're running successfully, I think Jalen will eventually get to the point where he's hitting his his receivers in stride, and you're going to see a lot more out of him.
1: I agree. Alright, let's move on to the Sunday slate of games, and I want to start with a very subdued How about them Cowboys? We still opened up a can of whoop ass on another <laughs> New York franchise. We beat the Jets thirty to ten. So um that's that is a sweep of New York teams to start the season where we combined seventy to ten against the New York franchises. Um and I know those aren't the two strongest teams, but George. Through two games, my Dallas Cowboys defense, who I'm going to continue to tell you is the best in the NFL, we've allowed 10 points, we have 10 sacks, we have 7 takeaways. George, I know you're going to tell me we're not the best defense in the NFL, but do you think perhaps we're the second best behind those San Francisco 49ers?
0: Against the Jets? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Against Zach Wilson? Yes. Yes. I'll give you that. All right. And I think... Ludge agrees. agrees, I'm sure most Look, I mean yeah. Agreed. I just I mean the pass rush is it's very evident. Um, but I could I mean Zach Wilson's bad, bro. He is bad. Like I don't know. I just think it got to him a little I think the pass rush obviously disturbed him. Like you know, if he has time, you know, you're going to see a little bit more out of Zach Wilson, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to have a rush in his face all game and somehow make Dude, a way out it. I think the
1: third play of the game, Micah Parsons j- just had an, an incredibly athletic sack where he cut to the inside, swept underneath the guard. Like he, he was, Zach had no chance. It didn't matter what quarterback that was. They're going down quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, and I want to, Micah Parsons the Lion. Like, I don't, I'm going to get crazy here for a second, guys, and I'm very excited about what I see out of this young man. The last. Defensive player to win an MVP award was Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants, former East Feast um, player. I think this is back in the 80s. Lawrence Taylor was such a dominating player that they invented the statistic um, of sacks because of him. It used to just be, oh, you tackled the quarterback like you tackled anybody else. I think Micah Parsons may be, I'm not going to say the best defensive player since Lawrence Taylor, but possibly the most disruptive. The way that he impacts a football game from a pass-rushing position, you could tell me that the Bosa brothers and Miles Garrett and TJ Watt might be better. And in certain situational football, maybe they are. But as far as just wreaking havoc on an opposing offense, I think Micah Parsons is doing it at a level that I have never seen in my adult life. So, you know, we'll see as the as the season goes on. I know his odds at the start of the season were like 6 or 700 to 1 for MVP. And all of a sudden, they're like 25 or 30 to 1. He's in like the top 10. So I don't know if he's going to win MVP, but I think what we're seeing out of number 11 in Dallas is very special.
0: I honestly agree with you, Brian. And I, this guy is an absolute monster. Um, what are the five Ds in dodgeball, bro? Because he's got all of them. You know what I mean? Duck, dive, I mean,
1: dip, duck. <laughs> dip. <laughs>
0: I think it's I think it's dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. And he does all of that with immense power. Um and I honestly I that's one of the guys where you'll never hear me talk shit about. I will talk shit about the Cowboys all day long, but that guy is amazing. Like he's he does things on a football field like I've not seen before probably in my entire life. He he writes I mean he's going like I would watch his training videos as a, if I was growing up as a six or seven year old kid. Right now, yeah. like this this guy is a monster. I wish there was someone that that did it when I was younger, like him. It's just he's kind of creating a different. It's just a different pass rush, dude. There's so many moves that he has and so much power that he has. Like I, it's just fun to watch him. Like I, I could just go to a game and I would just watch Micah.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. First of all, I'm very impressed that you named all five D's. I know that patches, <laughs> o- patches Olapulahan would also be um, very impressed with that. But yeah, I, I appreciate your, your kind words about about Micah. Um, I, I think it's it's unanimous. This guy, he's a difference maker, and I, I look forward to um seeing him continue to dominate. Um, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts on um our, our upcoming opponents um before uh we preview these games in, in just a minute. Uh, now let's go to the two incredible comebacks George before the pod you suggest why don't we talk about these crazy comebacks back to back and that of course starts with the New York football Giants who tied a franchise record the Gi- Giants have been playing football for a long time they tied a franchise record with a 21 point comeback like as I'm watching these four o'clock games like the Cardinals are are up 21 nothing or 24 to three like on uh, the um, this this is crazy. Like, I literally text you guys. I said, are the, are the Giants, like, do they sucker? Are we looking at one of the worst teams in football? And, and what do you know? Daniel Jones uh, comes out of nowhere with the help of Saquon Barkley, uh, of course. Throws for over 300 yards. Um, runs the ball well. Honestly, shows why they gave him a big contract. And the Giants come all the way back to beat the Cardinals. I know it's not that impressive because it's Arizona. But this is still an NFL football team. You're going on the road. And I really feel like the Giants saved their season. If you drop zero and two to Arizona, and now the Giants are flying out to San Francisco on a short week, you're going to go zero and three, and you're probably out of the playoff picture. What do you think about this giant comeback?
0: I mean, it was impressive, and I'm starting to think a little bit like, are the Cardinals that bad? <laughs> like, Maybe. I, I I don't know. Maybe they are because again, like we we you know we didn't have a true test because the Giants getting blowout by the Dallas, and and us coming back against yes. Denver. Like we don't really know, but. You know, again, they were up like what? What was it? Twenty-one nothing? What was it? Twenty yes, fast. Twenty-one nothing, dude. So again, they had a lot of time to. I, I give it to Daniel Jones in the squad, man, and Saquon all rallying together because they did not panic. You could tell the entire game that they they kind of figured they would get back in the game. Uh, they they thought they kind of stole it away from them in the first half, but yeah. I, I, as far as the the um, the Giants' future, I think there's a there's a still a big unknown. You know, because yeah. I think for the majority of national media would assume that the Giants are are not kind of who they were of last year. But I, I can't say that yet just being in week two. And after that big comeback, I think it's going to be a big momentum shift for them. And I could see them getting some wins moving forward.
1: For sure. Um, they get the huge win, but, but at what cost, George? Because of course you see Saquon Barkley go down with an ankle injury. Ah, at first, yeah. at first when they when they uh, when the they had to carry the guy off the field, he couldn't put any pressure. And I'm thinking, oh no, is this guy's season over? Because I mean, look at look at the running back market. We talked about in the offseason how you know oh it's 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 a shame these running backs aren't getting paid. Well, guess what? We're two weeks into the season. Austin Eckler mm-hmm. out. Nick Chubb out for the season. Um, Saquon Barkley yeah. out for three weeks with a sprained ankle. There's a reason that you can't pay these guys because you're getting in a car wreck every Sunday and there's no longevity. So it's like the Giants get the win, but now they're going to start Matt Breda against the Niners defense. So it's like, it's, it's at what costs you get the win? But if I'm a Giants fan, you're not Owen two. it really hurts your, your chances of making the playoffs to and two. the Giants are one and one and they move on to week three.
0: Honestly, paying a running back is like buying a car without a warranty, bro. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> yes. like, there's no going back, dude. There's no going back. And, Unfortunately, it's the case. You're right. They, you know, they 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 get their heads in with big defensive linemen, linebackers. You know, they're cutting, sliding everywhere. It, it's it's such a tough position. It's an, it, unfortunately
1: like I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. It's. I'll say this: it's the last position that you can play on offense that the referees will let the defense tee off on you. Yeah and not throw a flag. If you're a receiver going across the middle and, and you so much as stub a toe or break a fingernail, they're throwing a flag. If you're a quarterback and somebody sneezes on you, they're throwing a flag. But if you are a running back, they will let these linebackers and defensive linemen beat the living crap out of you, and then you get back up, you go back into the huddle, and it's you, they're giving the ball to you again. It's 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 a, it's a car crash. And uh, it's a shame, but it's what these guys signed up for, and uh, we, we wish Saquon uh, a, a very <coughs> short stint um, on, on, uh, on the injured list, and we hope he's back as soon as possible. Now let's finish off our Week 2 recap with the Washington Commanders stealing victory from the jaws of defeat. At one point, this, this game, I think the, the Broncos had a 96.4% chance of winning. I thought you guys were done, George. I was sticking a fork on you. I was ready to come on here and laugh at you. But my goodness, Sam Howell, your boy, cooking up a little bit. In the first half, Russell Wilson looked like the better quarterback. But I think Russ is – what we're seeing about Russell Wilson is that when he's playing on script these first halves, he's completing like 80% of his passes. He looks very good. But as soon as the game gets out of hand and Russ has to – Kind of dip into his magic bag of tricks that he used to be so good at all those years in Seattle. He's he's coming apart. He's coming apart at the seams. But Sam Howell comes up with um, 299 yards passing. Scary uh, Scary Terry McLaurin has a fantastic touchdown. Um, Brian Robinson, your boy, had a monster game. And, I mean, the Broncos get a Hail Mary, which it is what it is. But at least you guys come up with a huge stop on the two-point conversion. Um so the game doesn't go to overtime. I mean, George, is this a game that are you're excited about or are you concerned because you think you probably should have played a little bit better and never put yourself in that hole?
0: Oh no, man. I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh you know, the first half I was I was watching the game and and to be honest with you, sometimes it's really hard on me, uh, to to watch these when <laughs> when you're at twenty one to three or what have you, you're just like, Should I, you know, should I suffer any more of this? And, and or just, you know, take a walk outside or something like that, you know, but this time, yeah. this time, dude, I told myself, I'm like, look, I just, I just got the red zone package. I just got the ticket. I know it's a one week trial. You know, if they, if they, you know, get blown out, I'm gonna cancel it. Like, I ain't worried about it. <laughs> and then I, next thing I know, bro, we just start showing out, you know, and, and that's our problem Whoa. is, is, is we don't start fast, but I'll, you know, I won't get into that too much. Cause I, I'm so happy to see us just have that grit man just have sam howell just start throwing the rock and i love how everybody wants to talk about the guy's arm now because he's been doing it dude that throw to terry McLaurin, that might have been the best throw of the week if not the season i'm like that was a missile on double coverage only where terry McLaurin can catch the ball and of course of course scary terry comes down with it but that was an absolutely beautiful thrown ball uh can't say enough about the defense. Obviously, we know we're getting with the front seven. They didn't start out fast, like I said. But if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball, B. Wills. <laughs> and these guys were dodging these offensive linemen left and right. Duron Payne, at one point, literally took over for an entire series. The first snap, sack. Second snap, tackle for a loss. Third snap, blocked the ball at the line of scrimmage uh, from Russell Wilson. Like, these, when these guys are on and they got momentum, dude, it's unreal. I think that you have the best defensive lineman in the NFL. I truly do. But I honestly could not, I would not be surprised if it ends up to where we have the most sacks in the NFL because the amount of depth that we have on that defensive line if we stay healthy. Uh, you know, now having Chase Young back. Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, John Allen. There is no four defensive linemen as a combined unit that have that type of ammunition on the front seven. There really is not. Um, so I I can be more excited about it. Like, you know, even Jalen, you know, Jalen showed out, or I'm sorry, Jamin Davis showed out with the fumble strip uh, from, from Russ. And that was kind of a, 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 you know, changed the momentum of the game. And that's kind of where we started stepping up. You know, I I know we didn't mention about Logan Thomas's. That was some chicken shit football from that safety from the Broncos. That was bad. Got ejected, probably the first ejection of the season, Um, and also did it last week. So he probably should be suspended for at least a couple weeks. But that was bad. And once that happened, the entire offensive line got to the got into the end zone and started, you know, started talking, started you know, getting in each other's faces a little bit because. We don't want to see that in the game, man. It's just—it's just such a poor. He was. It's not even like he was in the act of catching the ball. He caught the ball, secured the ball, was coming down, and then straight up got head-to-head contact at full speed. And then Logan Thomas has a record of concussions, yeah. man. It's—it's just—it's—it's it's so shitty to see because we—we we all kind of like to talk about how soft the NFL has gotten. But I mean, even in years past, this was just a flat-out dirty hit. Uh but it was again, the only reason I mentioned is because our team got together and ever since that hit happened, we absolutely dominated the Denver Broncos in the second half. Like dominated. Similar to how you dominated the Giants the entire game, that's what we did to the yeah. Denver Broncos. And don't for, don't think I forgot how you looked at me when I told you guys we were going to beat the Broncos, okay? Blood's over here swallowing the three and a half, bro. We should have beat the Broncos ah. We should have beat the Broncos by ten, bro. By ten. So don't I just remember I'm not gonna keep going, but I remember this. And I I'm I'll talk about the Bills game later. Oh, um, yeah, well, sure we can will. we can move forward. We can move forward. So okay.
1: I accept y'all's apology about that, by the way. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome that uh, that your team rallied around the dirty hit on Logan Thomas. I feel like it was just a weekend of dirty hits. I'm not sure if you saw the hit that, that Colorado State safety put on the Colorado wide receiver Travis Hunter on Saturday night, another despicable play. Um, but that, that we got to clean up the game of football. Did you people. see the hit, though? It was worse than it's that. Like, Did yes. you see the no, hit? No. Okay. No, it was, right. no, it was bad. It was bad, and I believe I believe it was Kareem Jackson, the safety. I could be wrong there, but he was ejected, as he deserved to be. And, George, you said the... The offensive line started pushing after that. Well, they're going to need to keep pushing, buddy, because I don't want to, you know, sink your battleship. But you guys have given up ten sacks in the first two weeks. That's I second. Know. That's second most in the entire NFL. Let me rebut that though, because a lot of that, I
0: would say at least thirty or forty percent of that is dude Sam Howell loves to his progressions, bro. Yeah, he ain't stopping at the second progression, dude. He's going to reach all five, so he needs to start learning that. You know, get that ball out if you can. And and I think if you noticed. Again, I watched the entire game. I know you did not. But in the second half, he was getting the ball out and throwing the ball away. Yeah. I'll go with that. Throwing the ball away when he needed to. So a lot of those sacks were self-inflicted, 100%. Uh, but again, a lot of those are on the offensive line. And, and I couldn't agree more. We definitely need to step up in that category. We're, we're I would say our,
1: our biggest weakness is that offensive line um, on, on the spot. Hey, slot. it's only week two. There's plenty of time for that. that I, I feel like because of starters do not play in the preseason, The offensive line is is really the the unit that needs to gel. It needs that cohesion. So I think that I think by the time October rolls around, some of those mistakes could be cleaned up um, just in time. But regardless of who played good, who played bad, and who played ugly, the Washington Commanders are two and zero for the first time since 2011. George Van Riper, that's 13 years. The best start you guys have had. Very impressive. So you got to be you got to be happy, man. I do want to mention one thing,
0: man, that really grinds my gears, B. Is our kicker and long snapper, dude? We yeah. traded up to get a long snapper. Cheeseman, bro, not to be mistaken with Taylor Cheeseman, is our <laughs> long snapper. I, th- I believe, I believe he went to University of Michigan. Okay. And all of a sudden, and he was here last year, and he was pretty solid last year. But for whatever reason, in training camp, he wants to change his mechanics in snapping the football. And it's been. 3 snaps out of maybe 11 that have hit the ground. Wow. So take notice of that. It's in, it's gotten really bad and I don't think the front office or maybe even the team wants to admit of drafting up to get a long snapper and he's the worst snapper in the league. Joey Sly missing two field goals that game. Uh don't like our kicking situation at all and that, you know, that should be looked at moving forward and and I think you guys might notice that there, there that might be a main issue. Uh, because we're going to win a lot of games by three points, you know, or less. So we, we
1: Or can't, we can't go. Or you're going to lose this a game. lot of games by three points or less. That's correct. correct. All right. Correct. Well, that puts a bow. <laughs> that puts a bow on week two. Let's look forward to week three and bring in our boy Jay Lutz. How are you, sir?
2: Hey, appreciate it, guys. Uh, prayers out to John and uh, his family with, with what they're going through. Uh, I think John had a loss. Lost in his family, so prayers out to him and I appreciate Absolutely. you guys having me on for, for half the show today.
0: Yeah, bro. You gonna you gonna apologize about swallowing the points, bro? On the Broncos oh, game God. dog? Don't take it so personal, George, George. George.
2: You know, teams teams come back in football. Yeah, I mean, you guys easily should have lost that game.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. All right, I'm let's pause <laughs> Let's let's keep it moving. We're on to week three and we have another NFC East team playing on Thursday night football. And it is those comeback kid New York Giants traveling out to the Bay Area to play what George says is the best defense in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. Jay Luds, I want you to start on this because I think the, I think the Giants are 10-point dogs. Yeah, we got San Francisco minus 10. What are your thoughts on this one, buddy?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think with Saquon uh, already being ruled out this game, I think he's obviously the focal point in that offense. Him not playing, I mean, like yucky said, Matt Matt Breda is going to be starting. Um, <laughs> I think the Giants are going to get waxed. Um, and San Fran's at home. Uh, we saw what happened with the Giants when they were at home <laughs> week one against against Dow Were they on the road last week when they won?
1: It was in Arizona. It was in wow. Arizona, correct. Well, so they a stayed out comeback.
2: west. Yeah, a, you know, they probably have a little momentum in the locker room right now, but sure. let's be honest, guys. I think they're playing uh, – if not the best defense in the league, top three easily in the league. Um, and like I said, McCaffrey, the way they're running the ball, uh, Purdy's throwing the ball well. I just don't see the Giants being very competitive in this game. Um, and with that, with that San Fran D line being so strong and those weapons on offense going off, I got San Fran. Uh, by the way, the spread is uh, the Niners minus ten. Okay. Um, I got the Niners thirty-four to thirteen. Thirty-four. Um, wow, San Francisco minus Woo. ten. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, blowout. All right, Luds. I forgot to um, to mention your record. I believe you're standing at three and four right now. You. you, you Correct.
2: You, yeah, three. You and started three, off yeah. hot. You were. Washington, you were two, three. Luz was yeah, two and one. Three and
1: one, mm-hmm. and then those backdoor covers the, the Giants, the Giants, and the, um, the 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 Commanders games really yeah. bit you in the ass. But that's okay. I think I, I have
2: confidence. I was. I was even looking good the first half of Sunday's games, and then it kind of just all tumbled yeah. on me there.
1: Like, I have Nap. faith in you, my friend. But, yeah, I appreciate um, it. My thoughts on this game. I ha- I have a strange take that I think the Giants are going to use that momentum and be able to move the football better than you'd think on San Francisco. I'm not saying they're going to put up 30 points. I think they can put up maybe 23, though, because I like um, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie out of Tennessee, had a deep pass um, last week, his first NFL catch. I think that's A little bit of juice injected into the offense. And Darren Waller, the big offseason addition, had 100 yards. So I think he gets going as well. The Giants maybe don't obviously lean on the running game. Perhaps Daniel Jones could have a 50 or 60-yard rushing day. I think the Giants put up more points than you'd expect. But I think the Giants' defense is a real concern. Because Arizona got off to a 21-point lead on them. I think, like you said, Brock Purdy and them boys are going to move the ball. Christian McCaffrey looks like the best running back in the NFL, as he probably is right now. Debo Samuel looked good last week. Um Brandon Ayuk is banged up. He may miss this game. That's a big loss if he's out. But George Kittle has been very quiet these past few weeks. I expect him to finally um make his presence felt on this 2023 season. So I got Kittle to get into the end zone. And I'll say the Niners do not cover the spread. I'll go San Francisco 30-23. to Niners win by 7. How about you, George?
0: Wow. I'm not mad at that. I mean, the last time the Giants and the 49ers played was in 2020, and San Francisco won 36 to nine behind backup behind backup quarterback Nick Mullins. (laughs) Oh,
1: Nick! (laughs) So,
0: so just a quick stat for you guys: in this game, I can't. I want to see a little momentum out of the Giants. I I think that they know they got to come out hot here. And I agree with B. I think that they're going to have to put up points, and and they will put up some points to get this San Francisco defense. I also think James Conner went over over 100 yards last week, and he scored a touchdown. And I think Christian McCaffrey might Mm -hmm. be a little bit better than James Conner. So I I definitely think San Francisco will continue to run the ball. I was not aware Ayuk will be out, so I could see Christian even getting more carries. Uh, And their backup, what's their backup behind Christian? Elijah, Uh Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, I'm sure he'll get a ton of carries. So, yeah, I think this is kind of like a – I think the 49ers want to turn this into a little bit of a slugfest. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be throwing the ball 40 times this game. I think they're going to try to play sound defense, run the ball a ton, and try to slow the game down. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to go ahead and go 24 to 14. So it's going to be a push, and I'm going to go 49ers.
1: All right, George, the uh, the Commanders are the only NFC East team playing in the 1 o'clock window, so I want to go to your guys' game next, and I'm really interested in your thoughts on this game because as impressive as that victory against Denver was, let's be honest, not, not a lot of people think Denver Broncos are going to be a good football team this year, but a team that is good is the Buffalo Bills. They're coming in as a 6.5-point favorite, so if, if I say Vegas is giving you guys three points for being at home, Vegas is saying Buffalo's nine and a half points better. So that is quite a disparity in the talent there. I'll let Lud start off first. Buffalo minus six and a half. Luds, how you feeling? Where you going?
2: So George said last week I sounded a little dull. wasn't bringing the heat. Well, <laughs> Rick Fair, <there>, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Washington at home, baby, plus six and a half. But I do have the oh. Bills taking this game. I do have the Bills taking this game. Okay. 21, Twenty-one seventeen Bills. I think Washington's very competitive. The D lines strong. Uh, like George was saying earlier this week in our text thread, I think the D line does put some pressure on him. Um, but it's hard to stop the stuff. Steph- uh, Stephon Diggs, man. I think he's probably top three route runner in the yeah. league. Um, you know, in in the way that Washington's been playing from behind, it's admirable, um, but. Buffalo's also came back, you know, a couple times so far this season, and Josh Allen's just a tough, tough customer. So a lot of times in these games where you got a really strong defense, if he's a really strong offense, I usually go with the better quarterback, um, to be honest with you. And I think I think overall Howell's making his way, but I think Josh Allen is the better quarterback in this game. And the, the Bills do have had a sluggish start on defense, but let's let's be honest, I mean, they're – a top three top five defense in the league oh, yeah. last year so i think they do have the talent to turn it around um i think how will will see some pressure this game and like i said i i think washington makes this a competitive game at home and i think they want to show out for their fans 2-0 start but it's just a, it's a tough customer week
1: three and um i i am going to give it to the bills okay well i want to start off a, a quote i heard today by eric the enemy i absolutely love this Just a fire george up and uh, EB's quote was, comfort is the enemy of progress. So everybody put that up on your bulletin board this week. And I think the the, uh, the Washington Commanders are going to be very uncomfortable against this Buffalo Bills defense. Not the best start, as you alluded to, Jay Lutz, but I love their middle linebacker, Matt Milano, already has an interception in each of the first two games this year. Coming out of the gate with two picks, so watch out, Sam, in the middle of that field. And um, they got a, a fantastic defensive end. They have honestly uh, their whole pass rush is great. Uh, Greg Rousseau is a monster. You got Terdavious White at corner. Um, you got Jordan Poyer back at safety. I mean, this, this is a loaded defense. So I think that Sam's going to have a hard time throwing the ball. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I'm very interested interested to see if Emmanuel Forbes is sticking on Stephon Diggs. He is one of the best route runners. I agree, Ludlow. But uh, my boy Forbes. Uh, got his first career interception last week. Benjamin St. Juice ended the game with a pass breakup. So these young defensive backs of Washington, they're getting some confidence. So I don't expect Stephon Diggs to have his best game, but I think the others on Buffalo. Uh, James Cook, their running back, absolutely exploded last week for like 160 total yards. He's going to be a problem coming out of the backfield. So Jamin Davis and those linebackers are going to have to be ready to cover him. Gabe Davis had a big game last week. Their number two wide receiver. Um, and a, a guy they drafted in the first round this year, Dalton Kincaid, a, a tight end out of Utah. He's been okay the first couple NFL games. He's getting like five or six targets a game, nothing special. I expect a guy like him to be the difference in this game. I think Buffalo just has a little bit too much talent. I'm on you. I'm with you, Jay Lutz. That the commanders cover the spread. I know this is another sellout. Just like George went to um, opening week, it's going to be a ruckus crowd. But I think um, Bill's kicker, Tyler Bass comes through because they don't have a kicking problem in Buffalo. Maybe Joey Sly misses a kicking, a field goal for you, George. But Tyler Bass, kicks <laughs> a late field goal. I got the Bills, 27 to 24. George?
0: Yeah, man, I, I really like what Lud said, you know. I think that our comesbacks have been inspiring. Yeah. Um, but are they sustainable? Absolutely not. You know, um, you know, against this Bills team, we can't mm-hmm. start off slow. There's no chance for us if we start this yeah. game off slow. And our defense has started slow. Uh, I think our back end is really good. Um, not, I'm not really too, too concerned about our defense. Um, I, I do know that Max Crosby didn't get a ton of... Yeah. pressures um against that against that offensive line from from buffalo i don't believe no, he got a sack either so you know yeah. one of the studs at oakland so you know th- there's a lot to say about that but again we have four max crosby's no offense to <laughs> max Crosby. we have a lot we have a lot of those guys um so i i think we're going to have to generate a ton of pressure and like i said week one we cannot run up field against josh we really can't because as soon as we run up field he's going to take off and it's, it's not going to be good for us. Or he could just step in the pocket and, and, and throw a dime to Diggs. So we're going to have to play a little bit of control defense. Even though we want to get after the quarterback, let's make sure to stop so he can't go upfield. I think Sam is going to do his thing, man. I really do. I think, again, like I said before, I want him to get out, the ball out. Stop reading through all his progressions. If he's feeling the heat, get the ball out. He's great at extending the plays. You saw that. He, he's great at getting out of the pocket. He can run the football. I love Sam. I, I don't want to go crazy about Sam just yet, like. But in my head, Sam's a top ten quarterback. He oh, really is. Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think that's outlandish. I really don't. On paper, right? On paper, right now, he's a top five quarterback. I'm not saying that he is. But I'm saying that he, he can be a top 10 guy. I really think he could be a franchise quarterback if he continues to prove himself and he continues to throw up 300 yards, three touchdowns, you know, and he continues to come back, he's a great quarterback. Now, the Bills have a great defense, as you said before. The offensive line is a big suspect, a big question mark for us, right? I think that they're going to get pressure, and Sam's going to have to deal with it. Um, I see this as a sloppy game overall. I think that we're going to try to set the tone with our run game and we're going to get the two or three with a cloud of dust yards um, throughout the game. But eventually they're going to have to throw the ball. And if Sam steps up in this game and he throws for another 300 yards. for three, He
1: hasn't thrown for 300 yards yet this season. He threw for 299 last week. He threw for 299, bro. (laughs) Relax. Maybe if he he – Who's on
0: Denver's – and, and, and uh, uh, go ahead, uh, Jeff. What do you got to say, bro? Well, maybe
2: if he was looking for Jahan Dotson a little more often. Uh, I mean, that guy was a ghost last week. I
0: agree. That's a great point, Lutz. They definitely need to show some love to Jahan. But, man, I like the commanders. Of course you this do. this game. I like him a lot, bro. And I like Eric B. Did you see Eric B. Enemy giving daps to everybody after all these play calls? And all the people that say Eric B. Enemy can't call plays. He don't know what he's doing. He's freaking, you know, he's Andy Reid's baby back bitch assistant, bro. Whoa. I don't want to hear it anymore, dude. Eric B. is a great football coach. He's a great man, and he's a great leader. And I am so excited for him. And and to build the camaraderie around those young guys, dude, it's such great to see. And there's such great vibes in the building, dude. I'm taking the Commanders, Woo! baby. I'm taking the Commanders 21-20. to 20 Final field goal from your boy Joey Sly with an ugly snap from Cheeseman, and he gets let go the next week. Book it. Wow. I like it, George.
2: No, I love it. I love it, dude. You got to keep support yes. on your team and – it's it's a biggest biggest test they've had yet, and uh, you know when we get to this Bucks Eagles game, I might be in a similar boat. You are, you know, but uh, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it, George. So if we, okay. you know, hopefully they can pull it out. If we get
0: the W here, B.
1: yes. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. If we get the W, what is your reaction? If you get the W, you'll be divided you'll be tied at 3 and 0 with the with the Cowboys and the Eagles. You'll be in third place in the division. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not <laughs> That's right. No, I'll be, That's right. I'll be I'll be I'll be very impressed. I will be thoroughly yeah. impressed. What you got to watch out for is you cannot get in a hole if you got in against Denver since Josh Allen has taken over you can. at quarterback.
0: You can.
1: Since yeah. Josh has been a at quarterback of at Buffalo Bills, they lead the NFL in double digit wins, wins of 10 or more. This is a team that when they get up on you, they know how to step on your neck and they roll downhill. If you get down by more than ten points at any point in this game, I don't think you come back like mm-hmm. you did against Denver. But that doesn't mean that you guys can't start off if you guys uh, get the ball first and go just three nothing, and then Buffalo scores and then you kick a field at seven six, then thirteen to ten. If it's one of those games, back and forth, then don't break. Right. They get their points, you get yours. You can and you're in it till the end. I think you have a chance. But if at any point in this game there's double digit lead on Buffalo and they have the football, they're gonna smell blood in the water and they are coming for you man so just be careful and we got to limit the big plays the big plays killed us
0: in and yes. that's the only reason they got a big honest. big 60 yard pass like we can't give up the big plays
1: against yes. buffalo if we expect to win i can't let you off the hook i think on sam, that hold on buds i can't i can't I think, let you, uh, george off yeah. the hook on his comment about sam helping a top 10 quarterback george oh i was about to say the he, same thing I, yeah, that's, how, in what world on. with all due respect to sam howell but right now i'm saying number 10 i'm saying number no no 10, no I'm, I, what, number 10. I'm gonna keep it this is the east feast i'm keeping it in a division it's september 20th okay i'm not talking about at the end of the year how is sam howell not the worst quarterback in his own division right now in what it, it, what who is he better than you right now he's better than Daniel jones right that, now and at what at what at everything you know, Daniel Jones lost him for week one, 40 to nothing. The, the New York Giants lost 40 to nothing against a great defense. Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards and then a rushing touchdown last week. What is Sam? Bro, Sam Howell, Sam Howell ain't losing 40 to nothing, bro. Damn. That's not what he does. Daniel- Let
0: Sam cook, baby. Let Sam okay. cook. Daniel Jones could not
2: breathe. Every play he took one step back. He had a- Cowboys player in his face. So.
1: I, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to do the. I'm not going to so. do my power rankings of the teams before we get into the Cowboys game. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to do <laughs> NFC East quarterback power rankings. Okay, <laughs> right now, number one, Jalen Hurts. Number two, Dak Prescott. Number three, Daniel Jones. Number four, Sam Howell. I will let you know if and when that changes in my list. I, I will. I will not have any bias. If Sam comes out and cooks. In beats Buffalo, he can move up. But right now, he's number four, George. Number
0: four.
1: 2-0. Ah, got to be 2-0. proud of that. But let's go on to another 2-0 and team, and that's my Dallas Cowboys. I mean, if you, if you guys have been yeah, – yes. Corner, oh, okay, yes. Bro. That's what I was about to get into. If you're sick of hearing the media on over the Dallas Cowboys, well, then you better keep the tube off for the next two weeks. We play the Arizona Cardinals, and then we play the New England Patriots. They're a combined 0-4. Like this, uh, as we get closer to the game, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be four and zero, and they're traveling out to San Francisco in a couple weeks for Sunday Night Football to play the Niners, and then we're going to find out just how good they really are. But let's take it one game at a time. We're playing the Cardinals, Jay Luds, and uh, we're flying out to the desert, and we are twelve point favorites. How do you see this one (laughs) go?
2: I think Dallas is. um, I think this is a big game actually for them because you've got. Washington, who should have lost to them. You got... Who'd they beat? The they should have waxed the Giants. Oh, Giants had a late hot. comeback, uh, right? Believe yes. well, it yes. or not, Arizona, if they didn't give up two big leads, they should be a 2-0 and team. I don't think Dallas is going to get off to that kind of start against them. They've been hot since uh, quarter one, both games. I think Dallas comes out hot. I think they jump on top. Um, everything's been clicking for Dallas. You know, they're... Their defense—I um, shouldn't even say their defense. Basically, uh, Micah Parsons and yeah. the rest of the the rest of the slugs um, have been solid. Their, their secondary's been good, but they just have so much pressure on the quarterback every play. Their secondary really hasn't done it too much. Right, hasn't had to do much. Um, but I, I'm with you, B. I agree with you. I, I'm not saying he may be a, um one of the best defensive players we've ever seen, but the way he wreaks havoc on an offense, it's um. I mean, you've got to put three guys on the guy, you know I mean? And uh, I heard, I think Collinsworth or something was saying he was doing um, boxing. They were showing boxing highlights of him uh, ducking ducking punches and just his quickness and the way he can elude. It's insane. It's insane. He's such a special player. Um, And I just think Arizona can (laughs) – I mean, we've seen this guy wreak havoc two weeks in a row. I think Arizona has no chance on finding anything – that could block this man um i think it's going to be a lot like week one i think dallas is going to be in total control this game i am t- i am swallowing the 12 points i'm going cowboys
1: cowboys 27 10 27 10 george I, I'm, I'm gonna let you go next let's go ahead finish up i'm sorry uh,
2: yeah and i just um i'm sorry to the arizona cardinals arizona cardinal fans if there's any listeners but uh, i just don't have much to say about the cardinals um
0: <laughs> It is kind so of. I got a lot to say about the Cardinals. Oh, oh please! Man. I'm telling please. you, All right. I love. By the way, I just, I think I'm kind of a Cardinal fan. We've been talking about the Cardinals week to week. It's been interesting. Wow. Um, and I'll bring it up again, bro. Jonathan Gannon.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> That's your boy.
0: <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um, but yeah, no, he's a great play. He he, he has that defense playing well. Obviously, the comeback, it looked bad. But that first half, man, they had the Giants number. Um, And again, the first half against the Commanders, they had our numbers. So I don't see this defense giving up a ton of points in this first half against Dallas. Dallas's offense haven't been great all year. Their defense has been so dominant. They give them great field position, and you know it's pretty easy to play offense when you're behind that defense. Uh, so as long as kind of they do the field position game, they try to win the field position battle more so than they try to score or make big plays happen. I think this is a kind of a slow, ugly game. Um, I actually don't think
1: Dallas clubs are the spread. I have this game ten. To 21. Interesting. I think the Arizona Cardinals, kind of crazy that they played three straight NFC East opponents to open the the season. So it's like we've been talking about Arizona for like the past month, which is uh, kind of wild. Uh, So I'm looking forward to not speaking about them next week. Uh, But a note here on the Cardinals uh, their defense, as we talked about, is probably the strength of their team. Well, their best player and defensive leader is Buda Baker, he has just been placed on IR. So he is going to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is going to be out this game. Um, he's going to be out for the next yeah. month, actually. So a huge loss to a team that can't really afford it. But this, they are playing tough. They're playing. A, they're playing better than their records state. That's for, that's for sure. But now they're about to play um uh, better competition than they played the first two weeks. Let's just be honest. As much as George doesn't want to praise my offense, I'm going to talk to the anti Daxers right now because Dak Prescott leads the NFL in QBR. Uh, zero to 100. Um, he's at 82 or 80. Because he's thrown 10 balls. No, no, he has not thrown 10 balls, George. Let me tell you. Uh, I, now, I'm not going to say he's, he's not throwing the ball deep, okay? He's not hitting deep shots. But last week, he was 31 for 38. Like, that's like an, an 80% per completion percentage. He has yet to throw an interception this year. Um Shout-out to Dalton Schultz for taking all that money and going to Houston. I think Dalton Schultz has about three catches for 30 yards this uh, on the season. Um, do, do you know who Dak Prescott's two touchdowns were to last week, George? They were to Jake Ferguson and our second-round pick, Luke Schoonmaker, out of Michigan. Dak is hitting his tight ends, and I love it. Um, a little bit more here on my Dallas Cowboys offense. Something I have noticed as a fan these first two weeks. A lot of discussion in the offseason season was about uh, Kellen Moore being let go and going over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Not exactly a hot start for Kellen Moore and the Chargers, but we're not going to talk about the AFC West. Let's stick Their on the Their offense
2: cover. has been strong.
1: Their offense has been strong. They did go three and out last week, and they lost the game. Um, but, but I want to talk. Wait, let me stop you at,
0: at Dak real quick, bro. Okay. Let, he's thrown the ball on average for six yards. Yes. That's on average. And he's thrown for two touchdowns. And he's at 199 yards in passing a game. Okay. He's uh, that, that's fine. Just saying. That's fine
2: with me. I, I'm, I wasn't. They, I wasn't. They haven't. They haven't, they haven't really him. had to throw the ball.
1: Thank they you, haven't bud. had to throw the ball.
2: I mean, yeah, Pollard's looked good. I mean, the guy has what three
0: touchdowns in two weeks? I just missed John because he
1: hates. Thank the you, thank you, Luds. So um, sure well, as, as George tries to step on my segment, let me step back in here and talk about actually what you were you were kind of proving my point. And that was, with the loss of Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy now calling the plays, uh, I, I was very, very, very uh, concerned with that. And maybe down the line, it's going to come back to haunt them. But right now, I'm seeing something from Mike McCarthy being a head coach who calls the plays compared to being just a straight-up offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. There's an old saying that, that says, sometimes you're too close to the forest to see the trees, meaning that you're so involved in the situation You can't see the bigger picture. And I think Mike McCarthy understands as a head coach how great his defense is and that he can call an offense that doesn't need to have big plays because he knows he doesn't need a whole lot of pizzazz from Dak Prescott and the entire offense because he knows his defense is not only going to hold opponents to less than 20 points, they're going to get points on the board themselves. So I think this head coach offensive coordinator can see the game for what it is And he's calling plays that allow the offense to not do too much. I think sometimes Kellen Moore, yes, the Chargers have been putting up a shitload of points, but they're still losing football games because Kellen Moore, as an offensive coordinator, all that you're worried about is what the stat sheet looks like. Oh, Justin Herbert threw for 400 yards. Dak Prescott threw for 38 touchdowns last year. But all these stats don't lead to Ws. And I think what Mike McCarthy is doing is he's bringing the reins back on this offense and Dak Prescott, but he's allowing the team to prove that they are better than statistics. They say that winning isn't a quarterback stat. I say, screw right. that. Dak, all I care about are Ws, baby. I think with the amount of picks that Dak threw last year, I
2: think McCarthy has that in the back of his head. And I think he's trying to limit the pass attempts. And I yes. I like the mix. I like the mix of play calling that McCarthy actually is bringing to the table. I mean, they're, they're not abandoning the run. I think running the ball and able to effectively run the ball is giving the defense a lot of rest as well. I mean, they're going yes. in there fresh. I mean, a lot of three and outs too on the Dallas defense. So, uh, oh yeah, I think th- everything Dallas is doing right now is working. I mean, it, until it doesn't work, and then maybe they have to make a few changes. Maybe Dak throws the ball a little more. I think they continue on. <laughs> I think they That's continue so great, on doing what they're doing. And uh, like I said, I think McCarthy's had success in Green Bay calling plays. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl with with Rodgers. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying Dak is a Rodgers, but it's nice to see um, Pollard getting a, a good chunk of you know the carries and in a good mix. Just good good play calling first two weeks, to be honest. Brilliantly and that's stated. The first, and that's the first good thing I've said is about McCarthy in the last two years. So yes. it's. Uh, it's refreshing I,
1: to be a Cowboys fan. I yeah, I, sure. I can't add to that. Yeah. I I completely agree with everything you said. Um, and I, we're done with the Cowboys for an officer. Um, I'm swallowing the points though. By the way, I'm with Jay Lutz. I think I think we completely beat the shit out of Arizona. I'll go thirty-four to seventeen. Ooh. Thirty-four. Ooh. They, they, they still score a touchdown Ooh. at the end. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We dominate Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah. Go to three and All right. Now let's go to Monday Night Football. Dun 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 dun. dun we're Jay Lutz. Jay Luds, I'm so happy that you're you're on the show as a bigger part today because this is perfect. Because you and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium will be hosting the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles road favorites, minus five. Luds can you pull off the upset? It's
2: it's funny because NF the NFL always gives ESPN these cupcake Monday night games where you have a powerhouse face some shithole team. And I think that's what <laughs> they planned on week three, thinking the Bucks would be either one and one or 0 oh and two. And now you yep. got a 2-0 and o Bucks team at home. And I don't think Jalen Hurts has seen a couple middle linebackers, a couple linebackers like they have, like he's seen in a, quite a while. I mean, Levante, David, Devin White. Devin White this year, man, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Racking awesome. tackles, getting to the outside. Nobody's been able to run the ball on him so far. I think they're back to a strong run defense. And I don't see Swift doing nearly what he did last week. So I think if they can contain the run, Um, you saw Todd Bowles and what that defense planned against, uh, Justin Fields and the bears and Justin Fields, not saying he's a Jalen hurts, but he's a very similar type quarterback. You know, he's got uses his legs. I think they have a good game plan going in against hurts this week. Uh, Carlton Davis, I think is going to be out. He was out last week. So that, that hurts the secondary a bit, but the way that our um, you know, the backups have filled in, I saw, um, McCollum come in and play well. He should have had a pick last week. Uh, got called back without some penalty or something, but he did pick the ball off. And then you got Antoine Winfield, guys. Probably, probably the most sleeper guy on our team. Uh, can also sack, you know, get sacks, rack, you know, crush. Uh, not crush. He can crash the line. Um, we just got a really strong defense, guys. And I don't think the Bucks are getting nearly enough credit as they should be. And how about Baker Mayfield? You know, leading the NFL the last couple of seasons in interceptions. Got traded to the Rams last year. Played very well for the Rams. We brought them in. Hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. Just controlling the play clock. Um, and I think I think we pull it oh, out, man. Wow. I know I'm being a homer. I know we're being a homer, but we're at home. And I just think it's a big game for them. I think they love that they're not being respected. It's just one of those games where in the NFL you just never know, and, and I feel like the Bucks have enough weapons on offense. You see what Mike Evans has been doing. Uh, the yak, guys, the yards after catch he's been getting, and he looks a little quicker this year. And Godman with those clutch third down catches, I think we can pull it out, guys. I think if we can ru- we can rush for at least 60 to 75 yards on the ground, I think we can contain Hurts. I, I got the Bucks plus five. I got it 27-24 on a field goal game. Tampa Bay at home, wow.
1: boy. So obviously, obviously, Luz is a is a Tampa Bay homer. But I I, I appreciate it. So you got the Bucs plus five oh, yeah. pulling off the upset, kind of crazy. Um, but to your point, Les Mike Evans looks rejuvenated. I mean, in fantasy drafts this year, I was staying away from him. Like I don't know, like with Baker Mayfield, but the guy went for like 170 yards last week. Um, I think I think you're gonna have a yep. real problem yep. with your last statement, though. If we can run the ball, I think that this Eagles defensive line with Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, I could keep going. They are really going to shut down that run game and put it on Baker Mayfield to beat them. But as we spoke about to open the show, the Eagles' secondary is susceptible. So that's a great matchup to watch for Baker Mayfield versus the Eagles' secondary. On the flip side of the ball, you talked about um, Devin White um, and Levante David and Antoine Winfield. I got a couple more names for you that are flashing across the screen for me. Joe Tryon Shoyinka, uh, Vita Vea. Vita Bay is a monster. Sha- yes. Shaq Barrett gets a pick six yes. last week. Like this, this team, this defense, like this reminds me of the yes. Super Bowl champion Buccaneers defense. Like they're really making plays out there. I think they are going to give Philadelphia Strong. everything that they can handle. Strong, but I, I think the Eagles. I mean, this is the kind of game that that makes them a Super Bowl contender. I think the Bucs actually are better than people think, and they're going to challenge for a wild card. I mean, before the year, Luds, I was telling you that you guys are going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I mean, there's a bunch of. Bunch of, bunch of egg on my face. I disrespected I disrespected you and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'd like to retract those comments. However, I do not think that you are in the upper echelon of the NFC, which is what you have to be to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll take the Bucs plus 5.5, but I got the Eagles 28-24. to 24. George?
2: I respect it. I respect it. And uh, to your point, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons have been impressive, but – I just don't see a team in our division that can compete with our defense. Saints are. Derek Cars looked like shit. Uh, Saints are. Derek okay. Carrs looked like ass. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I don't see us as a wild card.
0: I see us as a divisional winner.
1: Oh boy. That's rich. All right, George, finish this Thanks.
0: up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually really like this matchup, um, and and this Bucks defense and and this Bucks team actually re- reminds me a little bit not the twenty twenty one champs, but the two thousand and three champs with Brad Johnson. I think oh, wow. if I think if wow. Baker plays like Brad Johnson and just stays within himself, continue the no turnovers like Lutz, like Lutz said, I think that they have a chance in this game. Um, I also think that. If this game starts slow, I don't think Tampa just needs to just start airing the ball out and going crazy trying. Even if they're down by seven, I think they need to stay within themselves to be in this game. I don't think they have the type of offense to to really come back from from large deficits. So they need to play the field position battle a little bit. This game can't be high scoring if they have a chance in this game. I'm sorry, Lutz. It's 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 just in. The Eagles' favor, um, and like, like will said, their defensive line from Philly is strong. Uh, but I, but I don't think that the Eagles have really been tested against a defense like this. Um, the obviously the Vikings weren't a big right. test. Uh, what was the other team they played uh, during the year?
1: The Vikings. Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles.
0: Yeah, it was the Vikings they played, and then they played they the uh,
1: Minnesota. All right, the, the,
0: the Eagles opened up opened playing? up the
1: season. Um, this is actually um, incredibly embarrassing that we can't come up with it. The Eagles open the Philadelphia Eagles opened up the season with <coughs> the New England Patriots. The Patriots,
0: okay. So a, a, a solid defense, but I think the Bucks' defense is definitely higher rated. Um, this should be an interesting game, and I'm, I'm just gonna shut up and I'm gonna give <laughs> the Eagles the W here, but I'm gonna go if this stays how I'd like it to stay for Lutz's chances. I see this twenty-one to seventeen, and I see the I like the plus five. We got the all three of us with the plus five. It's yeah, going to
2: be
1: yeah, a competitive yeah, game. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's a road it's game. Really it's a good. night game. They're going to be bowdy bowdy or rowdy rowdy out of Raymond James. I'm excited. Um, Ludge, do you have anything to finish us up tonight? Upset
2: parlay, guys. Woo! Uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville really let me down last week. I thought they'd be pretty, pretty competitive against Kansas City, but Kansas City's defenses look strong. They man. do look good. Uh, was it Chris Jones? I think. Absolute right?
0: monster. My Jones.
2: My God. Anyway, uh, we'll see how they. Well, you remember, <laughs> I'm not really keeping a record on the upset parlays. I'm
1: just throwing them sure. out there if anyone wants to take them. If anybody wants what? to lose money. Yeah, he did. Gotcha. Hey, hold on. Ludge cold st- <laughs> Steelers. Steelers plus points. Yep. And they won. They won the game outright. Okay. I won I half.
2: Good. I got half, but the parlay is all about nailing yeah. both
0: of them. Oh, but, yeah, I would say that, I, so for sure. I definitely uh, say that
2: I like the Titans, guys. I like the way they look last week. I mean, at the Derrick Henry can run the ball. I like them plus three over the Browns on the okay. road. Uh, Deshaun Watson's looked like shit. Um, that's right. You know, he's too, he's got his mind on
1: hand uh. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> then,
2: uh, I'm I'm doubling up on the Steelers, guys. The Steelers plus two and a half over the Raiders. I, can't believe the Raiders. I cannot believe I road. cannot believe
1: the Raiders are favored. That's a ridiculous line by Vegas. I know. I I saw that and I was like,
2: uh, yeah, I'm jumping on that one. better uh, go. Yeah. yeah, just don't see it, man. TJ Watt. I just see a lot of pressure on uh, on on Garoppolo, and yeah, they just can't score points. T.J. I think Watt, I think dude. Steelers take that game.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate you stepping up this week, um, John. We love you. We miss you, George. Any final words before we we enter <laughs> week three?
0: Yeah, this is a one hour pod, bro. Let's can't be on the pod again, dude.
1: Oh my God, last week <laughs> was one hour too. We like to talk football here. We like to talk the NFC East. <laughs>